welcome back to another episode of the Pirate Radio. Uh, we've we've been sell- sailing the seven seas quite a bit lately, and and haven't had a chance to record a podcast. But we are back now and um, have all sorts of stuff to talk about. But there's there's some specific stuff that we're going to touch on that's been in the news lately. Um, you know, just as as a hi to everybody. Um, I'm Brian Knutson. Um, currently unemployed, still looking for work. Um, it's it's an interesting area out there right now when it comes to job hunting and recruiting, but um, we'll leave that for another time. That is not one of the topics we're going to talk about because I've talked about that way too much this week. Joe, man, how are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, apparently, the gain is on full blast today, so uh, I don't know. It's uh, It's been interesting. It's been bouncing around a lot uh, for work and community stuff and got a little bit more coming up next week, but uh, otherwise, really just trying to remember what time zone I'm in. So it's all good. It's important. Yep. What about you, Jim? It's got you rumbling today. Everything. Everything's got me rumbling. How's it going, guys? Uh, doing well, doing well, doing an endless fe- series of calls. It feels like um, I feel like I live on a telephone. Uh, I was going to say, Matt, how you doing, buddy? I am adequate for this fine day. It's... uh. There's always things to do. Things are good. I just find it quite telling that uh, Brian felt the need to introduce himself because it's been that long since we've introduced or since we've uh, created an episode here. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll see guy? if we get ba- back on the wagon here. Yeah, yeah. Who is this, Brian? What you doing here? <laughs> well, you know what? Things are good. Can't complain. Um, you know, still... Settling into my role at, uh, you know, my current employer, as odd as that seems, we're a year in, it's a year this week, but uh, there's always things to do. But uh, yeah, been a little bit of a busy week in the uh, IT ecosystem, you could call it that. Yeah, uh, just a little bit. I don't know if you guys have heard anything about this whole MGM hack thing, as I think all of us have stayed in at least one MGM hotel um, shoot probably in the last two years at the, at the maximum. Have you guys been following along with this? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting one. I actually took out a bunch of hotels in Vegas, um, which, you know, didn't happen during VMware Explorer, but shortly after that. So I think a lot of us kind of picked up on that one pretty quick. Which is somewhat ironic given how many sessions there were at VMware Explorer and cybersecurity and ransomware and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, to me that this this sounds like something right out of like Ocean's Eleven, right? You know, Ocean's. Mm-hmm. What, what year are we in? Twenty twenty three. So, Ocean twenty three. And you know, speaking of quick, I don't know. Like you know, there's there's just so many twists and turns to this story that are just it's like wow after wow after wow to me. Um, let's we can like starting with the fact that the entire hack pretty much began with a 10 minute social engineering call um that was as many successful. do yeah i mean so here's the lesson kitties train your staff you know you can put every tool and you can spend all the money you want to spend on security and on all the different acronym based systems but if you don't train your staff not to say the dumb thing, then you're never going to fix it. Um, one of my favorite t-shirts 
back in the in the aughts was I had one that had social engineering, social engineer on the front and on the back. It's because there's no patch for human stupidity. And it amazes me that we're still there. So before we dive too deep into this, Jim, like, why don't you give us a quick outline of what actually happened, right? Yeah, that's a good idea. So, so I guess for beginning of the weekend, or excuse me, September 4th, they start to get the attackers, a group called Alpha V, managed to get into the network. And this is, you know, as, as reports go, there's, you know, varying levels of information that are out there. Some are unofficial, you know, down to Twitter lists, um, going all the way to SEC um, filings. So, you know, you can find all the information you want. We'll put a lot of it in the show notes. Um, so they get attacked. They get this initial social media attack. At that point, you know, they gain access to the network and begin what we now see is one of the hallmarks of the modern ransomware attack, where they Im- immediately start to exfiltrate data. It's not just encrypted now. They want to have a copy of it, too. Um so as they're exfiltrating data, that manages to make it to where they the the attack is known to MGM staff, and they create a relationship with a uh, contractor slash consultant to come in and help. And which point they start sending over the ransom messages and say, you know, here's the data that we've got so far. If you want a proof of concept. We'll start encrypting things unless you pay us some money. That gets ignored. That doesn't go so well. Meanwhile, at the same time, same group is attacking Caesars, which is one of their competitors. As the story goes, and the SEC filings by both MGM and Caesars, at that point, Caesars pays the ransom and pretty much wipes their hands of it and calls it a day. You know, the... As the stories go, when this situation happens, not only do they not do the things that they say that they're going to do or they fix the things that they've done, one of the things that arguably the attackers will do is tell you the holes that they use to get in so that you can go fix yourself in the same process. So, you know, really the seizure story has kind of gone by the wayside with the exception of the filings came out and that made a part of the story. MGM, while that's going on, then continues to ignore them. The final or one of the messages effectively comes down to pay us to pay us the ransom or we're going to start encrypting things. And they start doing so. Finally, somebody shows up in their little chat room and just never says a word. They try to engage him over and over again, say, hey, you know, we don't know if you can actually talk about this. So get us some proof that we can talk to you and nothing is ever said. And so they just keep right on encrypting. And so now where we sit today in a very long roundabout way of getting there is MGM, you know, one of the hallmark lines of what I think is probably like 10 hotels just in the Las, just on the Las Vegas Strip today. Um Gaming is down to it has to be a cash business that requires someone to manually walk up to you and pay out the machine if you win. Wow. Or pay out the table. Yeah. Wow. You have to effectively raise your hand and wait for the person to come by. Uh, the 
Good news is, is the lines to the hotel check-ins are very short because they are interrupting you before you get there and making it a one-on-one conversation out in the lobby areas, as the pictures have shown. Um, let's see. I mean, effectively, there's no credit cards for anything, so everything's a cash business. And as of, you know, today, Friday, it's all by and large down which as someone who focuses a lot on backup, very importantly, recovery, and what you do in security situations just absolutely floors me. Um, And I want to go find whoever their DR person is and just give them a hug because I'm guessing some things have not gone well in their life. And or, or actually to that point, pretty much anyone involved with IT at MGM today, let's all pour one out for all of them because... They're not having the best of days, y'all. Um, yeah, they're probably not getting much sleep these days either. <laughs> they they are not. Um, you know, I think I've made mention on this podcast before. At one point in my past, I've I've been through something somewhat similar to this, and there is no part of this that is in any way, shape, or form pleasant. Um, and the what may end up being, let's say, a week or two that is actual having an outage and having to deal with it is going to dominate these guys' lives for, at a minimum, the next six months to the year, up to and including if they get to keep their job or not. So, you know, all good thoughts to all of you. Hope this clears up. Um, You know, it's there's a lot of different wrinkles to this. What What do you guys think? What have you guys seen about it? One of, one of the things that I saw that really intrigued me, and I haven't had a chance to dig into it nearly as deep as you have at this point, Jim, but um, it sounds like their initial plan in breaching MGM was to actually get to the, get to the slot machines and essentially use mules to go in and harvest money from them, I guess. Like they were going to make them automatically mm-hmm. win or something, um, which is another kind of bullet point i think to the security is about people as much as it is about it systems like mm-hmm. people are the weakest point and people can be the the least trackable um avenue of this whole thing like we've got observability and we've got all of these all these alerts and and indicators of compromise within the it system but are we watching the people like i'm I'm no fan of, you know, monitoring every keystroke that you make while you're working by any stretch of the imagination, quite the opposite, actually. But like understanding the patterns of people can be important, too, especially in something like a casino where it is so people focused. And, and, you know, casinos of all places know about how how to deal with people operations when it comes to the floor itself. Um, So I suspect they probably would have found some sort of red flags um, through that. But, yeah, it's it's several several avenues of it are just really point to the people aspect of of cybersecurity. Yeah, cuz I mean yeah. all this all the systems are more predictable at least or it's it's easier to detect uh anomalies in what you think are the operations you should have on most of the systems, but when you're dealing with people or especially, you know, help desk taking calls from random people that are able to just call in, you may or may not catch that that something is an anomaly like not, you know, not everybody has like a, you know, safe word or, or a uh, validation procedure when they actually call their help desk because the help desk just assumes that this is 
we have to do everything in such a way to make it as minimally painful for everyone to call in for support as possible. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, I said, you know, one of the other twists and turns is so, you know, the initial reporting on this started to kind of come out and I guess, you know, the attackers took some, uh, some issue with some of the reporting that was done and came out, I think it was last night with like a three page rebuttal to a lot of the things where effectively it was like, we, my favorite line in all of it was, you know, to make sure that we were protecting against the data leak of the data that we were exfiltrating so that the um, MGM's data didn't have to worry about their data getting inadvertently leaked. My mind kind of got a little blown at that whole statement. You know, they, they put these protections, they put better protections in place around MGM's data than MGM themselves put around MGM's data. Well, let's, let's, <laughs> let's not, let's not assume that or it was pro- better than or MGM pro- had. That's true. They, or, they, or propose they, that they did. Yeah. They were still good stewards of the data that they were planning on utilizing against them because they wanted to maintain exclusivity of that right. yeah. exfiltrated data. They didn't, they didn't want somebody else to piggyback off of their work. Yeah. That's all it was. Yep. And and a lot of times they do the 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 bad guys will call out the methods that they used so that the company can go and plug those holes afterwards because they don't want others doing the same thing that they did. Like they they may have planted something in there that they are going to use to get back in there. And they just don't want anyone else messing with that potentially. So yeah, these guys are running a business. Let there be no qualms about it. A couple of thoughts on this, right? So you mentioned Brian, that they call out the methods that they used. I would argue they call out some of the methods that they use. That's a good point. Yeah. That there's nothing to say that you won't get reinfected again, that you won't get hit again. And the, the other thing that kind of sticks with me here is, you know, this is MGM, their casino. They could just about print money. You know, they're not hurting for cash. I would suspect that they probably have a lot of the top of the line systems. You know, all their stuff is probably in support. The point that I'm driving at is I can't imagine what their IT budget is, but the technology didn't fail them. It was a human process that failed them, right? Mm-hmm. And that took the entire thing down. And Jim, yeah. what you're describing about you know people needing to raise their hand and flag for cash and being greeted outside, all I could think of is like this sounds like some sort of scene out of like Kenny Rogers, the gambler, you know, like ye old casino where you have to show up and you know get your yeah. cash from a counter somewhere. Like it, it's just wild that in the year 2023 we're seeing this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like you said, it's Brian. Absolutely to your point, it's a business. I mean. You know, one of the in reading through this rebuttal and you know, guys, I put in the chat uh, my favorite one of my favorite lines from all of it. Is they're like, we haven't been able to figure out if there's P, if there's uh, personally identifiable information in this shit. If we're unable to reach an agreement with MGM, we're going to keep looking for it. And if we find it, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to contact Troy Hunt, and they explicitly call him out and say. Here's the dump of all the people that are going to be, you know, involved in a PII dump that's going to happen. I mean, this is just shot across the bow across shot after shot across the bow. And it's having real, real business effect. You know, we're it's interesting to me that for those of us that have to tell the ransomware story or be a part of it, especially as it relates to 
security products and data protection products. You know, one of the things we hear over and over again is the guidance that comes from government and really any form of leadership as it comes to data security is don't pay the ransom. You do not pay the ransom. You never pay it because you're probably not going to get what you're looking for on the other side and it's not going to work out for you and it's not good. And so we literally have the same story being told two different ways in this very particular situation. You have MGM who has not paid the ransom and is dealing with this and you have Caesars that did pay the ransom and isn't. And MGM is sitting here staring at a situation where, um, as was reported today, Moody's is threatening to downgrade them. You know, they're going to downgrade their credit rating, which is literally hitting them where and how they can do business, especially for a real estate company, which is effectively what MGM is. You know, it's all a matter of capital. And so while the government may say up to and including the point where they create legislation around thou shalt not pay the ransom, the people that actually pull the strings in terms of how this company or how this type of business can do business is reinforcing, well, maybe you should pay the ransom if it's going to keep you from being in this situation because nobody's saying anything about Caesars being downgraded for being attacked the same way. So I, I know that we're probably at the point here where we're beating a little bit of a dead horse or I guess a lion in MGM's case. Um, but one thing that still blows my mind today that may not get considered when you're paying the ransom is where does that money go, right? And where that's important is you might be sending money to a state that actually has sanctions against it, right? Which is a whole other ordeal that you do not want to be involved with, right? Um, you know, for a lot of U.S.-based folks, if you're sending money to a Russian-based organization, that's probably you know, not going to be the end of it, right? You're probably not just going to pay that ransom and walk away. There might be some follow-up with that. Yeah. So for that one, number one, if we could actually get, you know, Bitcoin, blockchain, and all the other secure umpteen million open source projects off the ground, then, you know, all of these things wouldn't be a problem because you wouldn't have to worry about it. You're just sending your money off into the ether and nobody else could track it. Right. Uh, but honestly for this one, I'm, I'm kind of supporting the hackers a little bit on this one for the fact that they are taking some of the steps that so many other companies that face these data breaches, like skirt around with just saying, if you do not comply and if you don't continue working with us in some fashion, then we are just going to absolutely blast you on, on have I been pwned.com, right? I would much rather have that and find out about the stuff in the news and have it be open and have the story be discussed than the last what four or five years worth of, you know, letters and emails that I get every like two to three weeks of like targets been hacked, you know, uh, home Depot has been hacked, you know, even doing contract work for a couple of government entities in the past where I've had, I think at this point, I think my last eight years of identity protection have been covered because of a company in two instances or government entity in six others that have been breached. And even just based on me being a contractor, my info has been included in that stuff. And it's not things that everybody uh, hears about. Right. So I in this instance, I kind of want it to be news and I want it to get out there. And and especially the fact that we're even discussing that there was one organization that was hit that didn't pay the ransom and another one 
that did, and they've got different results at this. You know, it's not it's not a bad discussion. Well, I, I get what you're saying, Joe, but there's I have a hard time of the I don't know. It's almost like the honor between honor of thieves kind of thing that's going on. And I just, I, I hate this paintbrush that Brian, you brought up the good point of this from their point of view as a business, we cannot let ourselves get to a situation where we legitimize actively breaking the law and stealing other people's data and creating chaos and calling that a business model. You know, we, make your arguments you want for every, literally for every other thing of the American capitalist society. But, you know, this is the most open of it. And, and then, you know, again, turning back to like their rebuttal of all of it. One paragraph, you know, we're well, not sure about anybody else, but it is evident from this that no insiders have purchased stock in the past 12 months. Well, seven insiders have sold shares for a combined $33 million. So they found their soapbox that they're trying to use for the reason why that it was okay for them to do this. If you stare at anything that is wrong long enough, you will find reasons that you can convince yourself are good reasons to do it. That doesn't mean that we're going, that it should be okay for us to say, well, you know, ransomware is a business and, and just leave it at that. Ransomware is a criminal enterprise, much in the way January 6th was a criminal enterprise. But anyway, off my soapbox. <laughs> Speaking of capitalism, let's uh, let's talk about the the latest big movement in our space from from a company perspective. And it sounds like the uh, the Broadcom VMware situation is imminent at this point. Um, you know, I've been hearing yeah. that it's it's going to be in the next couple months. I don't know if there's been any official dates announced yet, but yeah, October thirtieth um, is the one that okay. I've seen. I think it's actually yeah. in official filings at this point. So okay, yeah, I noticed that uh, I'm no longer able to sell my VMware stock, my single share that I own. Um, so things are things are locked down and, and getting ready to to be official. Um, I was hoping to. It, it's currently sitting at a price higher than what the sell price was going to be. So I was going to go in and actually sell it and make an extra 20 bucks, but oh well, um, I'll survive. But yeah, I mean, now the talk is all about what's going to happen. Like, are people going to get laid off? Um, I know for a fact that VMware is still actively hiring for many roles. Um, I'll, I'll admit that some of the roles I've been nervous about applying for, for the fear of just getting laid off again. But it sounds like there's a series of options that are being discussed fairly openly, I guess, at this point, um, or at least has been leaked um, externally um, that, you know, there's there's some percentage of of the workers at VMware are going to straight up get laid off. Some are going to get transitional jobs where they'll have it for a little while, um, but they know that the end is the end is near for them and others will will continue on into Broadcom. Um, I mean, I think we all hear rumors um, amongst the four of us. Um, I don't know that we'd necessarily want to get into talking about the rumors that we've been hearing, especially beings that three of us were at Explore earlier. Um, but, you know, I hear I hear some areas feeling pretty positive about how they'll come out of it. Um, obviously heard a lot of a lot of negative perspectives and, and people expecting the worst. Um, so yeah, that's that's an interesting it's it's an interesting move. It's one that we've been watching in slow motion for what nearly two years now. Um, but interested to to get your guys' thoughts and what maybe uh, 
maybe I've missed on the official news without getting too much into into rumors and hearsay. Yeah, I mean, I'll uh, I'll jump in here. Um, you know, full disclosure, I was a VMware employee up until about a year ago. Um, I do not own any stock. I don't know if that's an SEC thing that we need to say, but um, yeah, it, it's the, the vibe that I'm getting from folks who I know who are still there. Um, definitely not rosy, right? Everyone's just kind of waiting to get you know, their message. Where do I fall into? Am I being kept? Am I being kept for just a transition period to teach someone else how to do my job? Or do I have, you know, an expiration date for lack of a better word? So I can't imagine what morale is like around there. Um, I mean, for anyone listening who might still be at VMware for what it's worth, I would say don't stress out about it till you kind of get the letter. I mean, that's not to say don't think about it, but don't dwell on it. You don't know what's happening. You might be, uh, you might be one of the lucky ones and get the, uh, frankly, get the option that you're hoping to get, whatever that may be. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I, I don't have, you know, necessarily as much skin in the game as, you know, some other, as anybody that, that works there to be clear. And first off, you know, I've, I've been in a situation that's similar to this where it's a will I or won't I? And y'all, my heart goes out to you and I'm sorry that you're in that situation. And I think I can iterate for all of us here, those of us that are employed and those of us that aren't. If there's anything, you know, the people on our network, if you find yourself on the situation where you've got to be in a job hunt, if we can help, please reach out, say hey. And if I've, I've got something I can do to help either at my company or any other one that I've got to contact to, I'm happy to make introductions or help with whatever you need. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, there's, there's starting to be some reporting on this, but yeah, it's, it's the people part of this that sucks. hundred percent. And I, I don't think we need to underline what, what Jim just said. I think we're all more than willing to help whoever I, I, for one appreciate the, the network I built over the years more than more than I ever thought I, I could. Um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been nice where I may not have found a job very quickly when I got laid off, but, um, I've had so many fantastic conversations and I think it's less about, it's less about me. It's less about the opportunities I'm getting and more about just the, the general nature of, of the environment right now. Um, which is weird. Um, it is like nothing like I've ever seen before. So, um, to follow along on Jim giving advice, my advice to, to VMware people is start start looking at the environment. Um, start to understand what your next step needs to be, what you want it to be. Um, start looking for, for what's out there. You don't need to apply. You don't need to actively do anything, though. There's there's advantages of doing that regardless of, of whether you're looking to leave or not. But just mm-hmm. understand how things are going out there. Start talking to people. Start, start revving up the network because... Uh, when that happens, it's it's going to be a lot of people. Um, there's already a lot of people out there looking. It's been a really bad summer uh, when it comes to to layoffs. But um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully things go well for people. And and I know the four of us are definitely always willing to help. Yeah, we're we're hitting the the bad time of year that whether it's you know summer or once kids are back in school and everybody's kind of on on uh, the normal schedule again for the year, and then leading into the the end of the calendar year at least when postings slow down or things basically just kind of get dragged out and teased along until the beginning of the year 
that's a that's a bad time to be looking for a role, and especially when you potentially are looking with some unknown number or percentage of your thirty thousand other coworkers, right? So yeah, absolutely start looking at options now. Again, you have no idea if you're going to be offered a role to continue or to transition out for two to six months or anything like that. But I mean, I, this is the same thing I, I have in every presentation that I give or pretty much any time I talk to somebody that they're wanting advice on their career and your job belongs to your employer, but your career belongs to you. Like you need to actively drive it. And there are going to be things like Brian said, you know, where the market just sucks right now. And there are a ton of people that are on the market. More people are going to be on the market. And, uh, you know, a lot of positions are, are just either not coming to actually get to a close or getting pulled or are getting delayed with just what's going on in, in the general economy. But, you know, don't, don't wait for it to happen to you. Or at least if you are waiting for it, don't be surprised that it is a possibility. Okay. Then I guess we, uh, we got our, we got our thoughts out on that one. Um, so yeah, great, great advice. Um, again, in this point in time, yeah. Um, in general, absolutely. Um, you know, that's, that's where we get to, um, you know, just, I, I love that advice of your career belongs to you. Any one job is, is, you know, in, in it these days, we don't, we don't stay for our entire career. So each job is a chapter in your story. Um, in, you know, one chapter may not end well, but that means that um, the natural cycle of things is the next one very likely will um, will be an up cycle conversation. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of bad news, unfortunately, that we we touched on t- today. But um, you know, there's there's a lot of positivity to it too. Um, you know, keep keep your people trained up, keep your system secure, um, keep your career kept up, and your career secure as well, because there's a lot that you can you can do going forward regardless of the bad situation. I've, I've kept it positive and I, it's made a world of difference for me. So don't, don't look back, look forward. Cool guys. Well, I think that's, uh, that's probably good for today. Um, glad to be back with you all on, on the microphone once again, and hopefully we can yeah. keep this going now that summer's over and we've all settled into that routine again. So, um, from us to all of you have a great time. Hopefully we'll talk at you in a couple weeks. Later y'all. Cheers. Thank you.